Hello and welcome to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer, a series featuring conversations with experts to share recent market developments, key insights and strategic inputs from around the globe. In each episode, we cut through the noise to bring practical advice and macro research on today's shifting economic and market landscape. Please listen to the important legal information at the end of this podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode in our Beyond Market series by Julius Baer. My name is Chris Irwin. I'm a member of Market Singapore and a part of the Precious Metals trading team. Today, I have the pleasure to be joined by Norbert Rucker, who is the head of economics and next generation research based in Zurich. Welcome, Norbert. Thanks, Chris, and hello to everyone. So today we are focusing on the precious metal platinum. What I think will be interesting is talking about some of my experience with platinum from a purely financial markets perspective. And then I'm really fascinated to explore some of the technology aspects related to the metal. My background, in fact, is commodities and particularly structural changes in energy and mobility markets. So I hope that our different viewpoints offer some various insights into the platinum market. And maybe to begin with, Chris, what exactly is platinum? For those that are maybe not so familiar with the metal we're talking about today, Platinum is a precious metal. It is known for its unreactive and malleable properties. It is also a white metal, which makes it different and unique from gold's famous yellow color. But you may also hear the term PGM being thrown around when it's discussed in the market. PGM is quite a relevant expression. So PGM stands for Platinum Group Metals. This contains several different, less common precious metals, such as platinum, palladium, rhodium, and also iridium. What PGMs have in common is a very specific property, so they all are very effective catalysts. But the platinum somehow sticks out from this group because it's the most traded. It's also used for jewelry and it's also used by investors. So platinum has some common characteristics to gold. Yes. And also from an anecdotal perspective, if you just take how gold and platinum are perceived in terms of price in a consumer's mind, I'm pretty sure if you ask the average man on the street which metal is more expensive, many actually would say that platinum is higher in value. Platinum Amex, for example, would be considered a higher status. And I think the companies are aware of this. I searched, for example, earlier a plain band ring on a well-known jeweler's website. The plain platinum band was around $1,200 compared to the same design in gold, which was $800. Yet if I look at the platinum gold ratio, so one ounce of platinum divided by one ounce of gold, You can see that platinum is trading at a discount. The ratio is around 0.7. In fact, the last time that platinum was the same value as gold was quite a long time ago, 2014. And if I go back to the early 2000s, there was a time when platinum was two and a half times the price of gold. You touched an important point there, and I may add to that. So platinum generally is perceived as the more precious metal. So if you look at platinum memberships, if you look at platinum sponsorships, they tend to be most exclusive, more exclusive, and also uh, most expensive. You touched a bit of the past. Could you maybe shed some light for our listeners how platinum prices performed over the recent years? Sure. So on the trading side, if we look at the price action over a longer period, platinum can be said to have had this lost decade from the recovery post-global financial crisis. In 2008, the metal actually fell 65%, but then it recovered to above 1800. This is when the Fed unveiled its first round of quantitative easing. But assets across the board were also rising due to the accommodative monetary policy. However, this is really where the music stopped in 2011 for platinum. It traded lower over the course of the next 10 years, and now it got down to $550 per ounce in March last year as we had the heavy capitulation with the onset of the pandemic. But but while we look at platinum as our focus today, I think it's also worth taking a quick glance at the price section of the other PGMs in the last year. I think it's quite fascinating. 
Palladium now trades close to $3,000, so it's over double the price of Platinum, while Rhodium is almost $30,000 an ounce. This was trading as low as $5,000 last year. What do you believe are the driving forces of this recent bounce in PGM prices? I believe that uh, a likely element is the recovery in car sales globally. As you mentioned before, PGMs are very effective catalysts. So one of the main uses is in autos and specifically in exhaust treatment systems. So basically, PGMs make sure that cars don't spew out too much toxic emissions, such as on-burn fuel. So they are key for automakers' emission standards. And uh, auto catalysts overall represent uh, roughly 70 to 80% of palladium use and roughly 40 to 50% of platinum use. Over the past month, we have witnessed a very strong rebound in car sales. And uh, thanks to the recovery, thanks to the stimulus packages, the vaccination progress, the lifting of pandemic restrictions, simply because the overall gains in consumer confidence that we have seen. Yes. Whilst palladium has been mostly used for catalytic converters for gasoline-fueled engines, platinum has been the metal of choice in diesel engines. As many listeners probably are aware, there was a scandal surrounding Volkswagen in 2015 where emission data for diesel engines had turned out to be falsified. So this led to a lot of negative press surrounding diesel and then influenced demand for these particular vehicles in the following years. What has changed in the last few years is that the platinum market is no longer in a surplus. What I mean by that is where supply and production from mining exceeds demand in the market. 2020 was actually the third straight year where demand has outpaced supply and therefore it's fallen into what we call a deficit. Maybe let's stay a bit with the diesel scandal because this really marked a decisive turning point for platinum. Um, diesel cars have been mainly European story representing the majority of car sales uh, supported by subsidies such as lower taxes on diesel fuel versus gasoline fuel and also less strict emission standards for diesel compared to gasoline cars. In North America, Diesel cars always remained in the market niche. And one of the reasons is that the United States always applied the similar emission standards, irrespective if it was gasoline or diesel. Right. So we believe that this unbiased and unpolitical view also explains why the diesel scandal was uncovered in the States and not in Europe. In the aftermath of this scandal, Europe, of course, had to fix this. So tighter emission rules were one of the consequences, and that meant that exhaust treatments for diesel became more complex and more costly. And this really put them generally out of favor among consumers, but also among automakers. You mentioned the deficit. So where does this deficit come from? Well, South Africa is the largest producing country of platinum. It had its own issues last year in production due to the pandemic. Supply overall last year was down around 17%, but demand dropped just 7%. So this left the metal with a deficit of over 900,000 ounces. And this is the largest we've seen on record. But now with the light at the end of the tunnel for the global economy, as you're saying, it is being forecast that there will be a solid increase in demand for the metal going forward. It's either from a resurgent automotive sector as well as jewelry and industrial demand. How do you see the demand for platinum in relation to the future of the auto market, which at this stage we can't deny will be electric vehicles? Well, I guess that's really that story. That's a story that really draws lots of investor interest today. So platinum is a key metal for the hydrogen economy. Platinum is needed both in electrolysis, so basically the technology that splits water to produce hydrogen, and it's also used in fuel cells, the technology that transforms hydrogen back into electricity. If you look at the fuel cells, fuel cell car today that are out there, there are a few of them, they roughly use 10 grams of platinum. If you compare it to diesel cars, they roughly use 5 grams of platinum in the exhaust systems. 
So if you believe that fuel cell cars are the future, the outlook for platinum looks bright. But we're a bit hesitant. If you look at how fast battery technology evolves, we think that fuel cell cars basically have already lost the competition. We'll be seeing more and more battery electric cars that offer driving ranges that exceed 500 kilometers, and they're also able to fast charge in minutes for another 100 kilometers. Wow. So basically, the advantages initially seen with fuel cell cars, which is really quick recharging, which is longer driving ranges, they lost their appeal. And to be honest, if you look at the market today, the market speaks for itself. So battery electric cars have surged. They account for almost 20% of sales in Europe, roughly 10% in China, and roughly 3% in the United States. Fuel cells, cars, meanwhile, they really show market shares that are rather the basis points. That is really fascinating. There's a lot of great information there. So thanks for explaining that. So you are not a big believer in hydrogen? Well, don't get me wrong. Hydrogen will have a place in the energy transition longer term. And uh, so will platinum have a future. But where this place is really remains uncertain, we believe, today. And we will most likely only have a better visibility later this decade. So if we're committed to reach net zero, hydrogen is among the only options the heavy industry has to curb its fossil fuel dependence and to cut CO2 emissions. The thing is, hydrogen has a key challenge, and this challenge is energy efficiency, or the loss of it, the lack of it. Because producing it, storing it, transporting it, and using it comes with serious energy losses, and uh, energy loss is always a cost burden. So subsidies and financial support will like to remain key for hydrogen for quite a long time. Interesting. Really, really interesting. So I think we should also take some time to talk about horizon levels in terms of investments for platinum. Julius Baer Research does not make a formal forecast for platinum in the way that it does for gold and silver. That is correct? Yes, that's correct. Really rather look, as I elaborated before, more on the demand side from a thematic perspective. So we have no inclusive fundamental view, but research looks at it from a technical perspective, which I believe is something you do too, right? Yes, I also look at charts as well. I see that our technical analysis team does seem to be rather bullish lately. They actually entered into a long position in November last year, below $1,000, and they are still looking for a move to the larger resistance in, at around 1440 So rather quite bullish. Yes. So definitely. we haven't talked really about investors. So how is investment demand evolving? Because it's quite an influential factor for platinum prices. Again, some similarities to gold. So what are your observations there? Any positive trends? Yes, there are positive signs. Uh, the more strong fundamentals that surround the metal could lead to renewed interest from the investment community. Investment demand for platinum has also notably picked up over the last two years. It had several years of very low interest. ETF or exchange-traded funds, the holdings have risen now to close to 4 million ounces globally. And 1 million of that has just come in the last year since the onset of the pandemic. But also commodities across the board have been rallying this year. You look at soft space metals, iron ore, they're all hitting new highs. So far, actually, gold has really been the laggard. Inflation concerns have really not played out so far for that metal yet. However, platinum's industrial element could also see it have stronger growth going forward. Yeah, it's really quite amazing if you look at the commodity space today, these price dynamics that evolved over the past months and just over the past weeks. But where do you see platinum prices heading? So for me, on the much shorter trading side, I think that after the strong recovery we saw last year, you look back and you see that it did take some time for that 1,000 level to be broken. But once that was cleared, it really never looked back after Q4 last year. It's also seen a really large run in Q1 of this year. We've moved above $1,300 before we lose some ground in early March. But Platinum is still up 
10% year to date. So it's fairly healthy gains. To me, 1200 now looks a bit of a pivot point now for market sentiment. So I'm watching that quite carefully now if it holds. So I think that is a nice point to conclude. I thank you, Norbert, for taking some time to give us that really great insight. Well, thanks, Chris. It's always great to share insights with someone who looks at the same market slightly from a different perspective. Absolutely. And I say thank you to our listeners for tuning in and take care. You have been listening to Beyond Markets by Julius Baer. If you like what you heard, subscribe to our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. To learn more about Julius Baer, our people, our latest thinking, visit us at www.juliusbaer.com. We will be back with a brand new episode soon. This is a podcast disclaimer. The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. The podcast content is intended for information purposes only and does not constitute an offer, a recommendation or an invitation by or on behalf of Julius Baer to buy or sell any securities, security-based derivatives or other products or to participate in any particular trading strategy in any jurisdiction. Julius Baer does not accept liability for any loss arising from the use of the podcast content. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further important legal information.